What you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb? You can call that mental freeze when these people talk too much. Put that in slow motion, yeah. All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Your number is 877-374-7463 or 877-37-GRIND. And today's show is being presented by Dos Equis Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pillin Whiskey. Keep in mind, Pillin Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier-fed spring water added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pillin Whiskey, uh, keep in mind, they're official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and the official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PB our Velocity Tour and their official sponsor of the Sports Grind. That is Pendleton Whiskey. Um, all right, so we've got some uh, reaction coming in here at Facebook Live. Let's see, we've got the uh, usual corp, uh, culprits checking in here. Let's see, we got Adam Martinez. Says, Calvin, as soon as Purdy went down, I knew it would be an uphill battle for the Niners. For a while, I thought the Cowboys were playing with all those penalties called on the Niners. In addition, Bengals caused themselves not to play in overtime with that late hit on Patrick. Your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of touched on it uh, a while ago, Adam. I mean, I think in regards to the 49ers situation, um, yeah, I, I think that pretty much when you can't, when a defense that is as good as Phillies know that you can't throw the ball, they can just tee off in the running game. That's, they were playing with one hand tied behind the back. But I also think it's a microcosm and it's, it is sums up the John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan era in the last four years. This is the reason why if people want to know why they gave up three ones to trade up to get Trey. This is part of the reason why, because Jimmy went down on them twice. Like, they didn't felt Jimmy could be durable. Um, yeah, I wouldn't even think about that. But anyway, I got you. Yeah. But anyway, um, it's just one of those situations to where I don't – it's just unfortunate, man, because, I, I mean, I think that, you know, even if Brock would have been healthy, I mean, would Philly probably still prevail? Probably. I mean, but I think we could have seen a more competitive game. And like I said, the reason why I say that, because there was a situation where they went three straight, three and out, speaking of Philly, and they only had a touchdown at halftime. But you just can't. I don't care. You can have the 85 Bears, the 01 Ravens, you know, or the 16 Broncos. You know that you have a quarterback that can't throw. That's going to be demoralizing to a defense, especially in an NFC or AFC Conference Championship game. In regards to the Bengals, um, there was a lot of things that could have cost them the opportunity to win that game or going to overtime. I just feel personally that even if after that play, because keep in mind, he picked up a first down with that run despite the 15-yard unnecessary roughness penalty. They were, I think that they were going to have an opportunity to kick a field goal anyway. Now, granted, because I think they touched on I think Tony touched on this in the telecast, you know, that looked like it would have probably been good from still maybe another five yards, but you never know. You never really know. Um, but I just felt to sit there and say that that automatically cost them the game. I disagree with that. Not when I, I my, like I said, a call. Like, keep in mind, like I've been watching NFL since I was like seven. I've been really knowing about the ins and outs of business, whatever, probably since the age of 12 or 13 when I started paying it, looking at it that way. And I watched a lot of conference championship games and Super Bowls, and I can't – I've seen calls that I know that basically the refs blew it. And I've never been one to – oh, it's fixed, it's rigged. 
I mean, I've heard people that, oh, they wanted to see Andy Reid versus Eagles. They wanted to see Patrick Mahomes. Look, man, I don't never subscribe into that. Refs make missed calls. They blow calls. That's just the way it goes. But at the end of the day, that was the right call. That's just a bonehead play by a guy not knowing the situation, getting caught up, frustrated because you have been chasing this guy. You didn't get him and you lost your cool and you did it right in front of the ref. So I'm not going to blame that, that that particular play cost Cincinnati overtime. I don't know about that. I think they cost themselves in other ways. Also, um, keeping it moving. Speaking of the NFL, so we've got time to break down that matchup. I think early line I had it. I think I saw Philly is a one-and-a-half-point favorite early on. That line will change all the way by the time we get to the Super Bowl um, here down in the desert. But, yeah, that's what the opening line is. Some of the other off-the-field news in the NFL before we move on is that, you know, Kellen Moore, there was a decision over the weekend to uh, release Kellen Moore of his duties uh, even though I know some reports out there put it as a mutual thing. Uh, but they released him of his duties as the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Um, he didn't stay unemployed that long. He really didn't. Um, you know, the, the, uh, LA Chargers come and swoop him up as they're for the same role as their offensive coordinator position. Um, you know, I think it's probably better for both parties. I really do. Um, I think. You know, I think Dallas, they, you know, the way the season ended and due to the fact that they are financially invested into Dak and, uh, he is going to be the quarterback next year. Now, after next year, I mean, I do believe as much as I feel that you can win with Dak and as much as I defend Dak on this show, um, I do believe that next year is the year where Stephen Jones and Jerry, They've really not only are going to be evaluating Mike McCarthy, like, is this the guy that can really give us over the hump? Like, we're going to change. They're going to change a total of five or six assistant, assistant coaches. So that's a big change going from one season to the next when we talk about a staff. So the next domino to fall, the fall on the have to fall on the sword would be Mike McCarthy. That would be after next year. So this is the year I do believe not only do you have to evaluate Mike McCarthy, but you have to evaluate Dak Prescott. Is he really going to be that quarterback? For the future for your franchise. It might not just work in Dallas. Dak might have to finish his career somewhere else. If the circumstances. Dictate it to go that way. But I think Kellen Moore. Hooking up with the charge. I can see why they did it. I mean Staley. I'll, you know, I'll get Staley confused. Because when I look at him. And when he first came. I think of him as the offensive minded coach. And maybe it's just the chances that his staff makes. But he's really a defensive guy. So to get Kellen Moore, and I'm already hearing Justin Hibbert's excited because the play is Kellen Moore, you know, yada, yada, yada. I think it's better for both of them to change the series because I do think the Chargers need a better offensive direction since they've got a Ferrari, a potential Ferrari in uh, Justin Hibbert. Um, so I think it works for them because I don't know what Kellen Moore is ever going to be as a head coach. But at the end of the day, you know, resume does mean somebody finished with the top three number one offense like three out of four years, it seemed like. So we get to, we really get to see his skill with the Nugget organization that had different challenges besides just being under that star. Um, and we're going to see how Dallas fills this out. You know, I'm hearing a lot of rumors that McCarthy might want to go back to play calling. I'm going to be interested to see how they fill their assistant coach roster out because it's a big deal. It's, it's the first big moves before the big domino has to fall on the sword. Speaking of Mike McCarthy, did you have something you want to add? Well, just that when you, so when you look at the timing of everything now, moving forward, 
does this give – and I've gone through enough offensive coordinators in my time to fill an entire coaching staff. <laughs> but the uh, the situation is, okay, now now where's where does the clock start on all three different parts? Because McCarthy, obviously, he's been head coach for three seasons. Four se- I think he's going to be going into year four, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he's been there long enough from a head coaching standpoint to say, okay, you know, you have a proper evaluation of him. But if he takes over play calling, does that give him two years to get that comfortable to his offense? And if you go ahead and you say, okay, we're going to bring in an offensive coordinator, does that give you two years to evaluate Dak under a new offense? What? How does this affect Dallas Cowboys fan timeline? And understanding, too, that it's going to go be going through some more personnel changes, whether Zeke comes back or not, what you do with Tony Pollard you know, during the offseason, what kind of contract he comes back on, if at all, and then even the fact that he's injured for the first part of next year. Well, first of all, in your timelines, first of all, let's just get this straight. The timeline with Mike McCarthy, it doesn't buy him any time. I believe next year it has to be a trip at minimum to the conference championship game. Most likely you've got to get to the Super Bowl because even if he gets to a conference championship game and they get over this divisional round hump that they've been stuck on for the last decade, however long it's been, it still will be the narrative like he just can't get you over the hump. He just can't ever wait you over the hump. And this is a guy who won a Super Bowl. Now, granted, he had Aaron Rodgers in his prime with a top 10 defense at the time. And I believe uh, probably a great defense, not great, but a decent, good defensive mind in Don Capers that was formerly a head coach. So there's a lot of factors why him and Aaron, I believe, has only cashed in on one Super Bowl on both ends since they parted ways with each other. Um, but in regards to the timeline for the fan base, um, I don't look at this as starting over altogether as if you just get a whole new head coach and a new staff because I think what they do is going to be similar. It's going to stay similar uh, to Kellen Moore for the most part. I mean, it's not going to be totally different than what they run. I don't believe that. I think what they're focusing on, which a lot of people, even regular fans, I mean, you don't have to be a football guru to see this. If you really know football and you look at other teams and other quarterbacks, they're just trying to get Dak better coach. And, and I'm just telling you, and I said this last week, Kellen Moore, how could Dak, I mean, do you ever think Kellen Moore is in a film room with Dak? And he's got the he's got the Apple Pad or the whatever the hell they don't use projectors no more. The he's got tablet. the Surface tablet on the big screen on the wall. You ever can picture Kellen Moore as the Dak? How many times have we gone over this? Throw it away. Look at your safety valve. I do this, Dak. How many times have we said this a hot read? You think a guy that shared a locker room with him and a in a uniform that was his backup quarterback at one time? You think that there's any accountability or any respect level there? It's too much of like a friendship type of thing. It's like I always say like this. I, I tell AC this all the time, and I am critical. And, and when I see certain things, I say, you know what? Your generation, and she's about like five or six years younger than me, but I, I always tell her like even guilty a little bit of my generation, even a little bit, but the parents who have kids, like people that are close to my age, especially the mothers who have daughters, like it's this whole thing. It's just different the way I was raised because you have more mothers out now and I get it. Like, cause I want to, but they're more of like, they're, they're their mother to their daughter, but it's also like one of their friends. And it's like, I always say there's a thin line to where you either be the parent or you be the friend. And I don't know what's changed. I, I mean, maybe it's the social media. Maybe it's the, it's just different. And that, and I bring it to the comparison, like what kind of relationship of respect can you have? If that's the guy, that's what Dallas sees. He just needs better coaching. 
He needs somebody that he can respect. And like I said, look what Brian Greasy, Brian Greasy walked in from the booth, was a commentator. Kyle Shanahan then reached out and said, hey, man, I think you make a good coach. Started at the quarterback's level, and look what he did. Look what he's done. There's a reason why they've been able to get to these conference championship games with multiple different quarterbacks. You know, I believe Brian Greasy is following D'Amico Ryans wherever he goes, and it looks like it's going to be the Texans. Which that brings me to my next point I had on the docket that I, you know, um, I thought about this over the weekend. And it's really going to bother me. It really bothers me that the Texans ownership group led by McNair. Who pretty much have used two coaches. Two African-American head coaches. As pretty much pawns into a back-to-back tank campaign. It bothers me that they're going to get rewarded with D'Amico Ryan's because of the circumstances. Um, it's crazy because I, I don't know. I think, I don't know if it was Glazier or somebody reported. I mean, D'Amico even had a lawsuit at one time against this organization and this ownership group. He's very aware and I'm pretty sure he's had guys in his ear say, Hey man, you really want to go coach up there? You see what's going on? But D'Amico's played for this ownership group. And the one thing that I'm not going to say all men, but most men do, that you will cater your career as much as you can to your significant other, your wife, to make her happy. She's from Houston. I'm pretty sure that means she's still got family in Houston. I don't know if her mom still lives in Houston. But they're going to get this, they're going to get D'Amico. And I did, the reason why I say rewarded, because we don't know what D'Amico Ryan's is going to be as head coach, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be pretty good. I think he's going to surround himself with the right coaching staff to start his career. And he's got some pieces with the number two overall pick minimum, maybe the number one, because I'm hearing reports to Texas that they're willing to do anything they got to with Chicago. That's what I'm hearing. To get that number one after Lovey screwed on the way out. Hey, here you go. Let's go for two. So they're going to get rewarded with D'Amico Ryan's, and that bothers me. It does. Uh, because an ownership group like this, and I feel bad for Texans fans, and I feel that, you know, you got some Texas fans with them when they had the Houston Oilers. You know, my dad pretty much was a Houston Oilers fan during the warm moon days and all that kind of stuff. So I feel sorry for those diehards type of Texas fans in Houston because Houston has a great football fan base. They're the only city I believe in the state of Texas that can pull off having another professional NFL team with the backing and the following that the Dallas Cowboys have and how much they dominate this region, let alone the nation. So I feel bad for them, but they're going, I don't, I don't like this ownership group. There's a reason why Deshaun did not want to play for this group anymore. And I just hate the fact that they're going to get, rewarded with D'Amico Ryans. And the truth of the matter is <laughs> you only got 32 of these jobs. And regardless of a previous lawsuit, how two coaches were treated prior to you getting there, if you're D'Amico, if it makes more sense for you comfortable with your family, you can't really tell them no. You just got to take it and pray the fact that they're going to see it through and that you can pretty much give the reins of what you want to do and build a team and take the organization the direction that you want to go. 
But that's kind of what I wanted to say about that because I wanted to cover that because that that just I thought I was like, damn, you know what? When I heard the reports about his wife and all that, I'm like, you know what? That is the best job for him. It's kind of, it is probably better for him. It's better than the Denver job because you're going to have the picks. Not only that, you get to be home and everybody. There's majority of people that would love, you love to be able to love your, no matter what you do, you want to love what you do. You want to love your profession. But if you can do it in the hometown that you grew up in and you make good money and you don't have to move anywhere and you got family, who doesn't sign up for that all day? Who doesn't sign up for that all day? I'm anticipating that within the next 24, 48 hours, he'll be named the new head coach of the Texans. Go ahead. Yeah, I'd expect it pretty soon, you know, because they just had to wait for the game to get passed and everything for these two weeks of conversations. Yeah, that leaves the other coach in search. That's gotten a lot of attention. The coach is going, the search is going on in Colorado. Got updates on that that surfaced over the weekend. Have my opinions and thoughts on that. Also want to take a peek at the NBA schedule tonight. Also, I told you we've got two pretty much good games in the Big 12. You have Texas, who's going to be taking host to Baylor that's coming in. That's a 10-11 matchup. I brought that up. And then you have Texas Tech, uh, that's going to Iowa State, uh, tonight as well, too. Listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dose. Seconds get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. Been broadcasting from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 
And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail. That is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks. Or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right. So, keeping it moving here. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll, I mean, again, we'll see what the staff is going to be like with Dallas as they, they you know, kind of means to them because this is a big deal. I mean, some people thought they weren't going to let go of Calamore, but I figured they had to change something. And we'll see if D'Amico Ryans uh, takes that decision with the Texans, which I think they are the clubhouse favorite. Uh, before we leave the NFL, the other coaching search that's had some twists and turns over the weekend, and that's the search that's going on in Colorado. Uh, Adam reported on Friday uh, night that basically that uh, the Pinner group uh, went to fly to Michigan to meet with Harbaugh again in person. Um, and also there was some disputes about Sean Payton in regards to having since a power struggle problem with one of the owners. You know, Sean tweeted out, said he denied that. Look. The Michigan thing didn't surprise me because I do feel that, you know, a lot of, you know, there's guys, I know Sean Payton's doing it through Colin Cowherd. And I know Jim has had, over the years, he's had Diary of the Mount too. These are guys that have a tendency that they negotiate through the media and through social media to drive their own price up and their own demand up. I believe that's what Sean Payton has done. Um, I believe that that's he's also on an ego trip. And I also believe that he's probably going back to Fox. But however, pay attention to this timeline with Colorado. While all of a sudden after Harbaugh would sit there and say a couple of weeks ago that he's committed to Michigan, that he's committed to the big blue, blah, 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 blah. After the AD came out. First of all, you took this meeting again. So that to, you took the meeting for summer. You took the meeting, first of all, with Denver for one read, the first one, the one that was done by virtual through Zoom. And then you basically took this meeting with the Pinner Group, basically hopping on a G4 to come to Michigan to interview you in person. It was supposed to be the only candidate they hadn't, you know, interviewed in person. I said it then. Until Michigan announces an extension. And I start thinking, like, why would Harbaugh come out there and tweet just like, well, because first of all, he still bleeds blue. Even if he's wanting to go back to NFL, he want, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to screw with their recruiting. I mean, he's already going to know, even if he, whether it's this year, the next season, when he leaves Michigan, he already knows who he wants to take over for him. It's kind of like Stanford. He knew Shaw. He knew Shaw was going to be the guy taking over for him. Certain coaches like that have a transition. Nick Saban, when he decides that Terry says, hey, that's enough, Nick. When he hangs it up, he's going to have a say-so who's following him in Alabama. There are certain coaches that basically have that. So he took the meeting for a reason. Look. Denver could have scheduled a second interview with anybody they wanted to last week. For the exceptions of D'Amico Ryans, because he was getting ready for the, the, the time, the cutoff time was what it was because he's getting ready for a conference championship game. They elected not to. There's reports out there, which Mike Cliss, which we've had him on this show before, Channel 9, Denver News. He put it out there that, you know what, there is, because there's, well, there's a new candidate group coming. They're going to read it. He said, no, they're sticking to the original candidates they have. Well, do the process elimination. Dan Quinn is staying at Dallas. 
Frank Wright took the job at Carolina. D'Amico Ryans, who merged as one of their top candidates last week, he's pretty much 95% going to be the Texans head coach. So that leaves only two guys, Sean Payton and Jim Arbaugh. Money is not an object in regards to when you're hiring a coach. It doesn't count against the salary cap. It's to the point to where I would tell Denver fan out there to stop complaining because you got the, you got a certain section of out there in Colorado. They're, they're upset. I'm like, look, that organization ain't had an owner for the last six to seven years. This is what that fan base has wanted was ownership, was ownership to pretty much go ahead and have an opportunity to have an owner who can make these type of decisions and get the right guy. You got to have to trust the process. I think I believe part of the reason it's not really so much money. I think part of the reason that Sean Payton, the deal can't get done with Denver and Sean Payton is based off, I believe, Mickey Loomis, part of it, now that I've had a chance to think about this over the weekend, is pretty much asking for higher compensation more than the mid to late round, first round pick. The early reports that was disputed, maybe they're pretty much asking for two first round picks. But I believe, and not only that, you've got to look at the evidence that they've already told their defensive coordinator, Codwell, they also told, uh, who else would it? I think Raheem Morris. And I believe there's conflicting reports out there with Shaw, but they've already told those candidates that they're going in a different direction, that they're no longer considering the job, uh, for the Denver Broncos. So me personally, there has to be some compensation that's probably getting ready to be given out to Sean Payton, or you were pretty much making that trip to Ann Arbor, Michigan to get face-to-face with this guy, and you're ready to pretty much offer Jim Harbaugh an offer he can't refuse. And I don't believe the Pinner Group has gotten to that point where they have done that yet. So we'll have to just sit back. But if you look at the coaches, I think with the Frank Wright situation in Carolina, and I think once D'Amico Ryans takes the Houston job, then I'm pretty sure these other jobs, the Colts job, the Denver job, the Arizona job, I think they all start following dominoes. But, I mean, it, it's been a weird, I mean, the one thing I will say, they're doing their due diligence, the Pinner Group, and the one thing I will see to keep it fair, regardless of the circumstances, regardless what's going on, as the Denver Broncos, regardless what the factors is, and I understand I just laid them out that, hey, that's his hometown. That's where it's at. Regardless of the factors, that is not a good look to, if it, to lose D'Amico. If he was really your number one candidate because, hey, Sean's price is too steep. We don't want to give up two first rounds. We Whatever the case may be, Harbaugh was really our first guy, but we can't apply him for Michigan. If D'Amico Ryan's is a guy you centered on, and his staff was going to be important for what Denver need, needs, in regards to the offense, the offense has been a problem since they won the Super Bowl. The, the offense was horrible that year because Peyton was at the end of the row. For what they need, if you hire D'Amico Ryans, his offensive staff and his coaching staff is going to be key, even if he would have chose Denver. But the regardless of the matter is, it is not a good look for the Denver Broncos, regardless of the circumstances, if D'Amico Ryans was your number one choice and he chose the Texans based off of their track record in the last few years. I get it. This is his wife, but you know me, I call it fair. I don't care if it's a team I've got interest in or not. I call it like I see it. And I just, regardless of the circumstances, that's a tough pill to swallow if you really lose a D'Amico Ryans to the Texans. But I believe once this, you know, 
Houston hired the Mikos off the counter, which they didn't make it to the Super Bowl, should have speeded up. Arizona and everything else, I believe, is going to fall in place. 877-374-7463. Uh, switching gears a little bit, um, going to the NBA. Uh, we talked a little bit about it in the open, and yeah, the Lakers got screwed in Boston. I don't understand how three officials on the court and the eyes missed that call with LeBron. Um, they would have won that game, I believe, at the end of regulation. He would have won at the free throw line. You know, LeBron sometimes good for going one to one, but I think I would have given the benefit of the doubt. He would have nailed at least one of them. Um, also, NBA note as well, too. Um, Joel Embiid over the weekend, he sent a strong message to the Joker. You know, that was a big game, man. Philly, it was weird. They started the game at two o'clock. That was a, that was a mid afternoon Saturday tip off. But it was on ABC. Uh, but that matchup between one of the hottest teams in the West, team that I think believe got the best record in the NBA, Denver coming into Philly, which is a team that's played pretty much damn good basketball since the B got back from his tent and he was taken off. Um, and B gave him the business. I think he dropped like what, 45, 43 on him? It's a rebound. You can tell he took it personal because why? Because Joker's getting this MVP love, this MVP. He's the MVP. This is going to be the first time since Larry Bird. And Bede heard all that, and he wanted all the smoke. Denver really controlled the game instead up to the first quarter, first half. And, you know, Philly came out in that third quarter, dominated, and Bede kept getting going, and shots started to fall for him. Um, I am still don't know where I'm at on the Nuggets. I really don't. I mean, obviously, they are like the great Bill Parsons. This is NFL, not NBA, because sometimes it ain't true. But NFL, like I said, you are who your record says you are. Well, in the NBA, look, they're the number one seed. But I believe that game Saturday showed me a little bit what they could be up against in a four out of seven against a team that has a guy that can cancel Joker out or his production on a nightly basis. If Embiid brings it that night, it could be that guy. Now, they can't match and they can't meet up until the finals. But it makes me concerned if they run up against a Golden State, if they run up against a Clippers. Do they really have a third wheel? Because Murray is becoming in. He's coming into his own. Flurry for Murray is finally getting healthy back from, you know, that devastating injury he suffered. But do they really have a third wheel? I'm not a big believer in Porter. I, I believe he's too streaky for me. And as many games that he can get hot from behind the three point, that's many games he can shoot you out of the game as well, too. So I definitely, after the All-Star break, which we're right around the corner from, I'm definitely going to be paying attention a lot more to Denver Nuggets, especially when they get to these primetime matchups. You know, when they face another top team in the East or in the West. I'm definitely going to key into that. 877-37-GRIND. Also, Memphis. You know, I kind of compared to the way they're acting. I kind of compared them to the... uh Bengals, as much trash they were talking. Look, Memphis is still a young team. I knew before the season, regardless of them taking, you know, Golden State to the Western Conference Finals, whatever it was, I knew that they were still not ready yet. And, and I love Ja. Okay, I was high on Ja coming out of Murray State. I knew he was going to be special. But when I'm looking at Memphis, there's two things that stand out to me. Number one, um, their coach is suspect. I, I, I'm not sold on their coach all the way. I believe he comes from the pop tree as well, too. Um, he has definitely taken a step back a little bit in regards to some of the glaring problems I see with Memphis. So not saying he's a terrible coach, not saying they should fire him. 
I'm just saying that he, the jury's out on him a little bit. And he, I've looked at his timeout situations in regards to his um, game situations or how he handles the last couple minutes of games, his rotations. So it's just suspect. Number two with Memphis, again, it comes with being a young team. It becomes the makeup of how their team is. The culture, jaw, it, it's just the way it is. Memphis itself, they carry themselves a little bit like they're going to bully or out trash their way or talk their way out of the Western Conference Finals or to beat an opponent. Or they're going to intimidate like, yeah, man, we got jaw. We got us. We'll, we'll stand in. No, man. No. They barely broke a game skid yesterday against the Pacers. And they had, they were down like 12 or 13 points, almost 15 points at halftime to the Pacers. In Memphis last night, they had been on a losing streak ever since the whole fiasco between uh, Unc Unc, Shannon Sharp, and Memphis. They've been on a losing streak. It's it's still a team that's real immature, in my opinion. It's still an immature team, and 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 that will come with time. You know, I mean, that was my observation on through this losing streak. I just haven't had an opportunity to get to it because we've been football heavy. What do you got? Well, just remember, Cal, too, I mean, it, it, after the whole incident, you've lost Steven Adams in that time. And, and you had said before, I, I don't know how much this really impacts. And I said, he's a, he's a central part to what they try to do on offense. And he, he, he's good for 14 offensive rebounds a night, which is a lot of second chance opportunities. And I think they're really starting to miss that aggression in the paint as well. And we'll see. I mean, he's out for two to three weeks. So we'll see how that. And you speak of, uh, Steven Adams. Yeah. But they Aquaman. were, str- they, they, they were struggling with Steven Adams. I mean, they lost him. Steven Adams was at the, and he played in the Lakers game. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not trying to poop on the subtraction of him, but I think Memphis's problems through this stretch, they run a little bit deeper than just Steven Adams. Look, it's a growing pains, man. Just because you make it, you know, there's circumstances, just because you make it to the Western Conference Finals and, you know, the, the, the media and the four letter network and everybody's, push, you know, pushing jaw down a throat and all that, that doesn't mean that you, you've arrived yet. Doesn't mean that you've matured yet. I mean, I mean, it kind of, if you want to be honest, with it, everything, if you want to keep it 100 or if you want to keep it real and not cap, as the youngsters say. This really started with Jaws' comments when he sat down. I don't think it was, yeah, I think it was Malika Andrews when he sat down. And he said, well, who are you really worried about? Who's stopping y'all from getting a chance? You're Boston. Oh, not the defending champs that go to the, no, it's Boston. I mean, Malika even gave him an opportunity to, to back up and reword that. He stood by it. Kind of, and I love Jaws. But it started with that. And you know, in the day and time that we're in, because it used to be forever, athletes would tell you, I don't pay attention to what they say. I don't pay attention to what that local guy writes about in the paper. I don't pay attention. I don't listen to talk radio. Now, in the days of social media, they definitely listen to where. Travis Kelsey proved that to you yesterday. Patrick Mahomes, do you really think Andy Reid had to walk in there at any time? I was, hey, man, did you know that they're calling this place Burrowhead now? Did you hear what their mayor said? No, he didn't. Patrick's loud-ass brother probably ran and told him first, and his wife. They're like totally the you talk about opposites attract. Man, <laughs> my goodness. That's why you can give me what's Patrick's contract? What about what was it? Five hundred, two hundred fifty million, five hundred. He's right around fifty million five, a year. What about five hundred million dollar contract. Couldn't give me that kind of money. I'd be hard guy to be with. Like, what? Hey, tweeted what? Didn't I tell you 
Patrick just lets him and his brother whatever. But all I will say, and you'll hear it quite a bit over the next few, over the next week and a half, can't get in that LeBron territory. Chiefs kingdom. Can't do it. He's up against the dawning task. Philly probably does have the better team than them. He's got to find a way to win this game. I think his ankle will be better. I mean, he still won't be 100%, but he'll feel better than what he did even yesterday because he ain't going to do anything. He's going to be off that foot regardless. They practice walkthroughs. When you're in that system the way they are, I mean, they sorry if you have to sacrifice a week. You put in a new play and a snow glow too, you know. They, he ain't going to do anything. They need him to be close to 75% that he can be because he ain't coming nowhere close to 100 we had some money on hold. I don't think. Do we have time or no? Nah, a little too yeah. tight. Who did we have? Uh, Josh. Oh, try back again tomorrow, Josh. My bad. I mean, we didn't have time to get get through to you. But um, yeah, man. Um, so that's it. So tonight, like I told you, big game in the Big Twelve: UT versus Baylor. All right, and then you've got Iowa State versus Texas Tech. Those are two big games. Um, as we get ready to go into Fe- February, is going to fly by quick. So automatically, you start getting to we're deep in the conference play. So cream is starting to rise to the top a little bit. Purdue remains number one. I think they're the, they got the first unanimous number one vote. I think in a while they're number one still in the country. So you've got you know basketball, college basketball that we'll dive into more. Uh, like I said, your San Antonio Spurs are in action tonight against the Wizards. We'll see if they can pick up a W. Um, any status, you know, speaking of them, which Pop just turned, I think the other day he had a birthday. Pop turned, what was it, 74? I think so. Yeah, I, think I know he had his birthday the other day. Yeah, 74, I would believe. And I'm thinking like, man, yeah, this 74. Kid, 74 years old and still coaching guys that could be your grandchildren. Like, I mean, almost, I mean, it's like, what you got to prove? What else is it to prove? You know? But happy birthday, belated birthday to one of the goats out there. We'll see if his team can get a W tonight. What's the update, uh, real quick? Cause I know we're up against it. Um, oh my God, that's out with the Spurs. Vassell? Vassell. What's the, up? how much longer has he got? What's, what's the deal? Oh, yeah, his knee cleaned out, uh, I think on January 11th. Oh, we won't be seeing him for a while. I, I wouldn't then. anticipate, especially with yeah. the All Star break, the real road yeah, trip starting to come out. I wouldn't be surprised. You might not see him. I'll try to give an update for you tomorrow. The rest of the season tour, where the way things are going, in that way, you know. But definitely got a slate of NBA action tonight that we'll break down tomorrow, and we'll continue to break out, break down this Super Bowl matchup over the next week or so. That is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. All right, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shot City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning, before you hit the snooze button, before you roll out the rack, just ask yourself: You grinding? Peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York.
Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.